This is the podcast of Tressler Mennonite Church. You can come here each week to hear a replay of the sermon from our Sunday morning service. We offer this replay particularly for those from our own congregation who had to miss the sermon but want to catch up later. This particular sermon was from April 23, 2023, and this week we had a guest speaker named Spencer Lehman. To serve, you can turn to Mark chapter 10 uh, and have that ready. Now, I know this topic may come across as um, like I'm preaching to the choir, as this body of believers that you may have already heard this or you may already know this, but I want to stand here today and bring it to the forefront. So I'm going to read starting uh, in chapter 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Verse 41. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. What does service mean? Webster's Dictionary defines it as, this list of of terms here, the occupation or function of serving in active service. The work performed by one that serves good service, to help, use, benefit, contribution to the welfare of others. The act of serving, such as a helpful act did him a service, or useful labor that does not produce a tangible commodity, usually used in plural. Where I went to school, our junior and senior years, we had a designated class once a week called Learn to Serve. Students got assigned different tasks in different areas of the school. Projects ranged from helping the janitor clean tables, to going to the second grade class, to helping with the teacher with story time, to weeding the front flower bed, or organizing mail-out flyers in the office, or even washing the front door windows, or even just helping with elementary chapel. It was a scheduled time of the week where we as students were to provide a task for or service that brought nothing in return. I want to tackle this idea of learning to serve. Serving serving one another is not an action that comes naturally. In fact, it goes entirely against human nature, the way we interact. When you look at it with a microscope, we show signs of selfishness all too easily. It's easy to be selfish. Um, When driving down the highway, uh, do I have anyone in here that likes to consider the seven mile per hour speed limit cushion? 
Like, I'm going to go fast to save on time. That's not you, Randall, is it? Probably. <laughs> what about when parking? You pull into a parking lot and you think to yourself, I'm going to look for the closest parking spot. That way I don't have to walk as far. We do this because it's ingrained in our, in our thinking. What about self-seating at a restaurant? I want the best seat for me and my family. We strive and sometimes go out of the way to get the best. Caitlin and I recently went on a trip to New Orleans um, for our anniversary, and we, there we relied heavily on the public transit system that they offered. I was amazed that every time I hopped on the bus, Caitlin was behind me normally, I looked in there and I thought, all right, I want the best seat, that one. And I sat down. I claimed it. It was mine. And, and then as others got on, I would think and think, all right, if I was at this stop, the best seat would be that one over there then. Because as they filled in, just, you, know, you, you mentally think, the next best seat would be there. But it got to the point where there was only standing room. And as different people got on and the ride got full, the option became a little bit more pressing. Am I willing to give up my best seat for the older woman that got on, or the kid and his dad that got on, so that they could have the best seat. I wanted to sit next next to Caitlin and keep her close, but it goes against that desire to offer my seat up. Such a simple action and such a simple act of service, yet it can be a hard decision. Serving is something we indeed learn to do. We see it in society that learning to serve needs to start at a younger age. My girls are constantly using the term, no fair. I actually wish they were here to hear this because I could you know, tell them and correct them from here, then it's a little bit more authoritative. But um, they'd say, no fair. She got that piece of candy or that cool pen. I want one too. And very seldom do they naturally say, hey, I got this cool thing and you can have it instead of me. I absolutely would be shocked if one went to the other and said, I offer this to you for I'm humble and I want to serve you. (laughs) It's never going to happen. Then as you get older, you get asked to do a task for somebody. And typically the first thought you have is, what is in it for me? Jokingly, we ask this to ourselves, but truthfully, we shouldn't. We are conditioned daily to push for achievement to get what's mine, to earn the promotion, strive to be better than who? Your coworker, your classmate for a student, your neighbor, your superior, but by what means? Do you look at a situation and consider the steps to acquire the next position? I will do this, which leads to that, then this will happen and that result benefits me. Or, for those that are in high school, if I do better than them, then I will get the starting position in basketball. I'll get the lead role in the play. I'll get to be the 4.0 GPA student, or then even as an adult. If I do better than them, then my living living situation will be more comfortable. The pleasures of my life will be better than theirs. I'm not downplaying these achievements. They are valuable goals, and we should strive to achieve goals, but we cannot forget our people. Service. Earlier in Mark chapter 9, verse 33, Jesus had this discussion with his 12 men. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? Do you think he knew? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. 
I think he knew. Verse 9, 35, it's interesting. Jesus would gather his disciples like a team huddle. He does this again in chapter 10, verse 32, and also 10, 42. Jesus brings in his closest followers to a tight one-on-twelve discussion, like a classroom session. The men who desire the most to be like the teacher. And yet, here, he uses the example of becoming, of welcoming a little child in his name. One commentary notes that people often ignore those who have no influence and play up to those who do. We rub shoulders with the great in order to boost our own egos and status in the eyes of others. Jesus calls for us to humble ourselves. We should care nothing about the world's status symbols because the way to true greatness is humility. One sign of this humility is to welcome those the world would consider insignificant. Jumping back to our section in Mark 10, we see that we are given a scene of this theme that Jesus wanted to teach his disciples, the theme of being a servant, not striving for something or becoming great. It's like he was trying so hard to tell them this little action, but it was hard for them to accept. Jesus specifically tells them his plan to die and be raised to life. Yet I think the disciples still had achievement and gain on their mind. They were with the Messiah, the King, the triumphant deliverer. Verse 35 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then Beatitudes in Matthew 5, Jesus gives the example of service for a stranger and going the extra mile, going beyond the limit that was requested. I've read that in the times of the Roman Empire, soldiers who were out and about had the authority to give a request to any civilian to carry their load, the shield, the spear, their baggage. They would look at a civilian and say, hey, I'm tired, carry this for me. We see that this is the example that Jesus used. He tells them, whenever someone forces you for help, don't stop at one mile, go two. This has shown up in my life a time or two. If I commit for one hour, but push myself, go more do it. What's there to lose? I had the opportunity to work on a farm once moving to Delaware. I worked for Richard Schwarzenschuber, my father-in-law's brother, on the family homestead over there. In the fall, he had to borrow a piece of equipment for his crop harvest. I saw that once he was done with the work, he parked the wagon in the middle of the driveway next to the shop. The next day, he told me, wash this down. I want to take it back this afternoon. Now, the farm I grew up on, we rarely washed our wagons. Seldom our tractors, but rarely our wagons. The simple act of returning it in a better condition than when he got it is the kind of track I'm going down. He was intentionally taking a step to serve the owner of the chopper wagon by removing the dirt and grime that he may have put on the machine. This may be also linked to being a good steward, and that's a good thing too, but he wanted to serve like he owned it. The word serve or service is part of our vocabulary, so much that you may not even notice. I'm going to say a phrase and see if you can finish it. Police officers protect and serve. To soldiers, we look at them and say, thank you for your service. Mailmen and others are called civil. When you go to Chick-fil-A, they say, how may I? Yeah. When it comes to church, we ask, what time does the service start? When something is not working, we say it's out of service. This is the problem with many Christians when it comes to serving. 
they are out of service. Either because they are broken and are hampered by inner issues, or they just are not simply spiritually prepared to serve when the time comes. It's interesting, the Apostle Paul tells the Ephesians that when someone comes to the Lord, he says, Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. This is in Ephesians 4. The Apostle Paul does not say join a small group, although small groups are important. And he does not say look up every verse about not stealing, although the Bible is very important. No, the Apostle Paul says to take immediate action, start being productive and serving others. Where you stole before, now you must create or be useful for the sake of others. In three of the four Gospels, Jesus is recorded saying, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This we also see in Matthew 20, verse 28. The disciples tried to position themselves to be closest to Jesus. Jesus was having none of that and told James and John, as we read, and the rest of the disciples that this kind of greatness positioning was a page out of the Pharisee handbook. It's interesting, though, how much, and if you compare yourself to your spouse, one of you will outserve the other, and my wife outserves me. She has a heart that desires to be second. She looks for ways to show she cares and does it without being in the spotlight. She serves, and yes, it may be inconvenient and undervalued, but her heart yearns to help people, to be close to Jesus in that way. Have you ever driven to a gas station? I hate driving to a gas station, and the majority of the pumps are out of service. I hate going to a store where many of the self-serve checkout lines are out of service. I hate craving a quick soda drink only to find the vending machines are out of service. We want these things, but are disappointed when the thing we want is inside a thing that is out of service. We, the church, as Christians, should never be out of service. If you currently serve in a ministry in this church, or you ought, you ought to serve it like you own it, you should say, this is my role, my responsibility to my brothers and sisters in Christ. I will not be out of service today. Richard returned the borrowed chopper like he owned it. Whatever you do for the Lord and for others, we should do it like we own it. Like it's our responsibility. Whatever role in the church we have, we have to say, this is my parking lot, my nursery, my youth room, my kids room, my section to usher. This is our role in the church, but we should also accept the responsibility of serving others who are not in the church building. In fact, most of us have more opportunity to serve people outside the church than in. Let me offer you three types of people that we should look, be looking to serve with ownership. Serve those who cannot offer anything back. In Jesus' ministry, he served the woman to be stoned, the ten lepers, his ministry was not self-serving. He did not give to get, and he gave with no expectations. We also need to serve those who don't know or follow him. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and the thief on the cross had only known Jesus for a few hours, and Jesus served them. And still more, serve those who don't deserve it. Jesus washed the feet of two traitors and ten cowards. Jesus knew what it meant to serve those who did not appreciate what he was doing. This next verse pushes the envelope a little, bit, a little bit because it challenges my heart and my bias against wicked and ungrateful people because they don't deserve my love or my help. Jesus said, 
But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. This is in Luke 6. The thing is, we were, or are, the ungrateful and the wicked. And God serves us regardless. No bait and switch, no expectations. It is by his kindness that he draws us. The whole process of sanctification, separating ourselves from the old way of life and allowing the Holy Spirit to renew our hearts and mind is that we can be ready to serve. Paul gives us this task in his second Timothy letter. After stating about, about turning from wickedness and things that we do have noble and ignoble purposes, he says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Would you say that serving others is something that you try to do on a daily basis? Or is it something that you don't think too much about? It's a challenge to have a mindset that is humble, constantly looking for others to serve and to help and look out for, to be available to come to the aid of someone in need. Take a moment and think about someone who has made an impact on your life by serving you. The Bible talks a lot about how we should strive to be more like Jesus. And if that's our goal, how does serving fit into that? Jesus' life is a continual example of, of true service. He lived a life of service full of humility. Do you think it's actually possible to serve others in the same way that you would serve Jesus? Jesus wants my heart to be behind my service in the same way we should love him. Serving Jesus requires me to be humble and acknowledge myself as a servant of Jesus. In the same way, we are no better than anyone else when it comes to serving others. Here's another question to ponder on. What's the difference, what's the one difference between the way you serve in your life now, doing chores or being on, on a committee, and the way you would serve if Jesus asked you to do something? And no, this is not a plug for the Spring Festival. <laughs> That's coming up. <laughs> Many opportunities to serve there. I just, this is not, they didn't bring me in for that as a pep talk. All right, let's get you suited up, sign up for everything you can. No, this is not. This is just a reminder. When Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, he reminded us that no one is greater than anyone else. Does that inspire you to serve others that you may, maybe would not have thought to serve before? Yes, we are challenged by the reminder to take the position of a servant by the master. If Jesus, who knew his betrayers, can still serve them, who am I to judge someone deserving of my service? We just celebrated the Easter season, and service always gets highlighted of the events of the Last Supper. The act of service that Jesus did as he washed the feet of his disciples was one of the last things he did before he died. Does that make it seem more important to you? I feel that this is a tremendous example of a humble leader. Jesus ministered to all who literally followed him. He had many feet to wash and quite possibly many opportunities to do so. Yet the foot washing we see him demonstrate to his 12 selected men at the Last Supper shows that this was, this was important to him and it was part of the last evening he interacted with these men. It was one last moment of teaching, an event, to actually show them humility. Do you think it would make a difference if everyone served each other in the same way 
they, they would serve Jesus. What are some things that you think would change? I think we would have more humility. Jesus is the ultimate authority, and we are servants of him. We can learn to view others higher than ourselves than pride. Or, yeah, if we can learn to view others higher than ourselves, then pride would not be such an issue. When you think of things that Jesus wants you to do, what comes to mind? Probably things like loving each other, telling the truth and obedience. But serving is something that is obviously also very important to him, since it's one of the last things he talked about on this earth. Serving people is not going to be easy, but if your goal is to be more like Jesus, then it's a huge step in that direction. Learn to serve. It is an action that someone doesn't just start one day and master serving and then consider that their time is done in the session. Serving is learned behavior. And from what I hear from teachers and those around me, learning should never stop. Learning and serving and learning to serve go together. I want us to love Jesus with our everything and show it by serving others, being humble enough to sacrifice myself, my time, my agenda, just to aid someone as Jesus would want me to. You have been listening to the Tressler Mennonite Sermon from April 23, 2023. The passage was from Mark 10, verses 35 to 45. Take care.